0: Welcome to the team engagement podcast where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes. And I am very excited to introduce our guest today. This is Danny Kimlinger, and she is the CEO of Minds and Associates out of Littleton, Colorado. Danny, thank you so much for being on the show today. What would you like the people to know about either yourself or Minds and Associates?
1: Sure. Thanks, Sean. And it's really great to be here. Um, So Mines is a national business psychology firm. Um, So we provide behavioral health services, as well as organizational development services, um, both nationally, as well as actually we're getting our footprint internationally as well in the last couple of years. So
0: that's exciting. You're able to expand a little bit. That's awesome. Yes. Very good. Well, Danny, thank you again. Let's jump to our questions. Our first question share with the audience an example of collaboration within a team that you've experienced.
1: Sure. So part of what we do is we provide um, services and respond to tragedies across the country and um, across the world actually. So any of the national shootings that you've heard about or any of the um, just actually could be layoffs, any sort of disruptive work event or community event, um, we provide counselors to provide you know process groups and critical stress debriefing. Um, well a few months ago um, you know a tragedy of course happened here um, you know at the King Supers in Boulder. We had a shooting. Um, this isn't uncommon for us to respond to however it was really interesting um, from a collaboration perspective how this played out. Um, we've been remote for we're still actually um, pretty remote right now um, with some people coming in just flexibly but During the tragedy, we were really remote and it was just really um, powerful to me to see different people across the organization making suggestions um, as to how to respond. So not just having the counselors on site to different organizations that were impacted, we were doing that, but we also had people from our call center, let's say, who contacted us and said, hey, have we thought about the reporters who may have responded to mass tragedies in the past and how the secondary trauma might be affecting them? Have we thought about um, you know, since we are virtual right now and most of the world is virtual right now, have we thought about maybe having process groups or support groups that people can access because not everyone works for a company that can offer counseling on site, those kinds of things. So the collaboration piece, it was just so powerful. I felt like um, it really brought us even closer together. And I loved that we had people from all over the organization who were willing to, to bring their suggestions and thoughts and creativity. So, and then people that offered to spend their nights and weekends because we actually had process groups that we offered virtually on the nights and weekends for people that maybe couldn't attend during the workday. And these were anonymous, um, you know, supportive, so on and so forth. So, um, that's a recent example of collaboration that was really powerful. Um, just really pretty amazing. Different lenses from around the organization.
0: Well, and that's such a fantastic example, because you did have input from different areas within the company. And that's, that's the epitome of what collaboration mm-hmm. should be, is the opportunity to hear from different perspectives, as you pointed out, and, and hear what different ideas people see from their point of view on how it's affecting the people that you work with. So that's a fantastic example. I really appreciate you sharing that. Question number two, I hear from other leaders of teams that it can be a challenge to measure engagement. Tell us your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, all right. So I have an HR background. And so measuring engagement has always been something that's come to the table of, you know, how do we measure engagement? And, you know, oh, we're bringing on these new services or tools or programs. Like, how do we make sure that people are engaged and they're enjoying them and appreciating them and all those things? So I think there's the objective ways that we do that. Um, so you know, employee engagement, satisfaction surveys would be an example. Um, I think we get some information from things like exit interviews, stay conversations, those things. Um, but I also think that in my opinion, um, maybe not the most popular opinion on this, I think that the subjective hints and nudges that we get as leaders about engagement, um, they're more powerful and I think they're more telling. Um, and they also allow you to react in real time. So give you an example, it's a little more concrete. I think that, you know, if you are holding meetings and your team members are all participating, they're positive, they're creative, they're thinking through things, um, they're offering their insight, input, expertise, um, that's a good sign of engagement. Um, I think then also though, you if you see that there are people who are coming to the meetings, they're not ready, they're they seem distracted, maybe they're negative, so on and so forth, they think that's an opportunity to check in with them directly and see what their thoughts are. I'm also, Sean, a really big fan of one-on-one meetings regularly. So, um, you know, we do this in our organization, did this before the pandemic, but it's become even more important. So every week, anyone that directly reports to us, we're having at least a 30-minute meeting with that staff member. And even if we don't have an agenda, there's still an expectation that there's a connection. So. You might be talking about um, your, you know, employees' kids um, being sick, having a cold, or you know, the next PTO opportunity. But just having that connection allows for you to pick up on some of those hands around engagement, and you know, and make changes quickly versus waiting for that survey and then trying to figure out where and when to go.
0: That is, you've really detailed very, very well, in my view, how to use the tools and like the surveys and those kinds of things, but use those as a springboard to lead into the discussion, whether it's small group, whether it's one-on-one. I love how you described that because I, I completely agree with you, by the way. Um, it, it, you need both. You can't just have the one tool and assume that you've got it all. That's one way to measure, but nothing's ever going to be one-on-one interaction. And so I love how you described that whole process of, of how you, you walk through that. It's a great comment. Question number three, Excuse me, Danny. Based on your experience, is there a an an attribute or a quality of a confident leader that you'd like to share?
1: So, this is a really interesting question. I think that a characteristic that I find really powerful about leaders that um, can be hard to get to as a leader, um, and I'll say that it was it was hard for me. vulnerability and i'm what i mean by vulnerability i guess is assessing what you're good at what you're not good at and being very clear about that and then ongoingly assessing that why is that so important i think that we have teams you know if if we were um able to do all the work in the world as one person then we wouldn't need a team but we have teams and it's good to be clear about um you know what you're not good at so i much better with big picture, strategic kind of things. That's also where I energize. I have fun. I love talking and thinking through those things. But if you ask me to implement it and think about every single person it's going to impact and how it's going to impact them, I'm going to miss steps. I'm going to miss people and it's going to be a mess. So um, it's good for me to know that about myself and to bring people in who are more operationally minded, more cognizant of those things. And, and then we can We can do really well as a group together. But it's important not just to bring them in, but to let them know, um, you know, why they're there. So I make jokes with my team. I'm like, well, you know, I need someone who thinks about these things. Because if I'm in this meeting with this client, and we're talking about how to implement this on an on-site clinic, there could be some things missed here. Um, You know, so I think it's important to do that. But it also takes some courage. Um, You know, frankly, I think once you do it a couple times, you're uh, you know, I think it, it becomes more comfortable. Yeah. I have no concerns about sharing. <laughs> yeah. I'm vulnerable. And I think you just have, but the other pieces, I think you have to continuously watch it too and mm-hmm. reevaluate. So.
0: I like that. I like the vulnerability aspect. I like the ongoing awareness. I and mean, there's a lot of different words that can describe what you're talking about, but I love that word vulnerability. And yeah, I think that's a great thing for, it's a great quality or attribute for leaders to really keep in mind, is to be aware of your own strengths and weaknesses and where those vulnerable areas exist. I think that's a great comment. Great comment.
1: We cannot be good at everything. That's for sure. So. <laughs>
0: well, and nor should we try to be good at everything. Yes, be good at what right. you're really, I mean, be really good at what you're good at and yes. let other people be really good at what they're good at. And that's, that's the whole benefit of having a team. So yeah, great comment. Question number four: Is there someone that you'd like to recognize that has had a positive influence in your life?
1: Yeah. So I've been really fortunate. I feel like I've had um, personally and professionally, I've had so many that have been impactful and have made a difference. Um, you know, I think that one person I would like to recognize is my business partner, Bob. Um, you know, we've worked together for it'll be 13 years here in about two weeks, and so um, we've worked together for a long time and. I think personally and professionally, um, I've grown a lot with him. He and I are pretty different. Um, we have different skill sets and attributes. Um, but we have some parallels too. We both love spending time in the big picture, visionary piece, but how we get there and what we want to spend our time doing is different. Um, he, I'd say, um, academically, he's always been a a really big support of mine. So I started at Mines when I finished my bachelor's degree and then, um, you know, got my master's as well as PhD while working here. And I feel like we were able to evolve my position um accordingly so you know when i was you know working on my mha there was an accounting stint and never in my life would i ever apply for an accounting job but there was an opportunity for me to have kind of a rotating um opportunity there due to someone being out of the office for some time so by the way that was my worst ever kind of uh, opportunity to hang out in business accounting not me but it was a really good opportunity and um, I learned a lot from him and just, you know, how he works with people. He has a universal personality, gets along with everybody can make, you know, he's a psychologist by training. So you'd expect probably that he <laughs> would have some skills there, but, um, he's been very impactful and, um, has become a, a really, really good friend as well over the years.
0: So that's awesome. Thank you for recognizing him and, and what how he has contributed in a positive way to your life. So that's a great example. Well, our last question, Danny. tell us a little bit about your first job.
1: Okay, so my first job, um, I kind of had two. So I started pretty young um, modeling, which, um, you know, that was kind of, I I guess, my first paid job. Although um, I think that the position that when I think about my first job, I really think about my first job at Subway. Um, so I worked at Subway when I was 17 years old and, um, you know, I, I moved up pretty quickly to be an assistant manager, so on and so forth. I actually only worked there eight months. Um, but it was, it was an interesting, um, experience. We worked with different, um, kinds of people and whatnot. Um, I I decided pretty early on in there that maybe, um, some of the food service stuff wasn't my, um, you know, area of talent (laughs) expertise, those kinds of things. Also, the hours were um, were challenging, but I I, 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 thats where I learned that I wanted to be um, in a leadership role down the line. Because I think when I moved into that um, assistant management role, um, I felt like I was in a position where I could remove barriers. I could, rem- you know, I could um, advocate. You know, um, so you know, maybe this employee gave someone four pickles instead of three, which um, you know is something that's expected. But you know, they made this client or this um, this patron's um, Experience really positive, and so, you know, I think um, being able to to verbalize that, so on and so forth, was was um, really important, and learned a lot of other things too, like logistics of you know working <laughs> in a store. So, sure. I would say that was probably uh, that I think about that as my um, first job, job, even though like, job. I guess technically was my second. <laughs> so. Well, I,
0: I, I, yeah, that makes sense. That and, uh, and that's that's part of the uh, the fun of this particular question is that uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of times the guests are asking well, what do you mean by my first job? Is it the first, uh-huh. you know, W-2 job? Are we talking about when I was a babysitter or mowing lawns or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah. A, but, the, but what I love about your answer, Danny, is that you shared why and what you learned from the mm-hmm. job. And that's really kind of what we're hoping to pull out of that, uh, that question is, what are some things that you learned from that first job that, that uh, influenced where you're at now? So I love that you talked about the leadership aspect. And that, that's now led to where you are now as a very successful leader of, of your company. So that's fantastic. Danny, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How can thank people you. find you?
1: Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I have a pretty unique name. Um, so, you know, Danny D-A-N-I, Kim I, um, K-I-M-L-I-N-G-E-R. And um, I think I'm probably the only one on there. Um, also, you know, you can, you know, link with me there. Um, Twitter, same thing, my handles, Danny Kimlinger. Um, I'm here if, if I can help or support you in any way.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. This Thank is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, you can go to teamengagementpodcast.com. Again, teamengagementpodcast.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel where you can watch the videos. Thank you very much for joining us and have a great day.